Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles Cummings and I'm here with Danny Brothers and Chesie Coleman. Say hello, gang. You okay? Hello, gang. You okay? Thank you, Danny. Straight in there. Properly. Probably doing what I ask of you for the first and only time of <laughs> the uh, recording of this podcast mm-hmm. that we've been doing. Uh, Chesie, how are you? You okay? Hey, I'm good, thank you. I've got a voice now. You have got a voice. There we are. It's there. You're the uh, voice, trying to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely for you both to be here. Look, before we get on to the Salford loss, we have some news. Oh, news? Yes. Oh, news. Uh, it's Ooh. All Cobblers to Me has joined the Sport Social Podcast Network. And we're delighted to be joining so many other amazing sports podcasts there. Now, what that means for you is, well, not a lot, I'll be honest. You're still going to be getting the same great Cobblers content from us every week, just with a few adverts thrown in. You still don't have to pay to listen. So sit back and enjoy what we have to offer you as usual. Right then. On to the reason. I know adverts, Danny. Adverts. Does that mean you're going to have to start saying, join us after the break? Or or should we we leave each part with a cliffhanger? Maybe. (gasps) That'd be good. Like when Harold walked into the sea. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In Naples. Yeah, we'll get Jeffy to walk into the sea and watch it. (laughs) And come back after the break to see if she survives. (laughs) Second tide in the world is our watch it. Very dangerous. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't go walking into that tide, please, Jeffy. Jeffy! I, I wouldn't like. <laughs> uh, the other one that that always leads me on to, by the way, and I, I, I'm sorry, this has gone on such a tangent, but um, Barry got thrown off a cliff in EastEnders, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, by, he did, uh, yeah. By Janine. By Janine. Uh, yeah. Janine. I could only it wasn't think of her actual particularly off name. a cliff, from what I remember. It was more rolled down the cliff, I think. <laughs> was it, it was really? more of a push down the cliff. Shot? In Let's narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's been shot in East Everyone's been shot. Phil? Big Phil. That's it. Phil, oh, yeah, that was wasn't mega. It? Who, that was who like shot the, Phil? That was the like first Phil? mega storyline, wasn't it? Like that was yeah. like a, 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 a... Richard Hillman was the other one in, in Coronation Street. That was oh, when there, like yes, soaps yeah. peaked, wasn't it? That was a peak. That was, there was when they yeah. were like going up against each other, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was like a serious yeah. few years of soap opera, that was. And looking back, mm. quite unrealistic. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, gone were the days by that point where Dirty then just had an affair and shouted at his wife. <laughs> I mean, that that in the 80s was was massive. You can't have that on the telly. Can't be shouting at your your wife on the hey, stairs. Um, it was Brookside changed the game, right? Oh yeah, the uh, body oh. under the oh under all the sorts patio. all sorts went on Brookside, all sorts. Oh, well, can't I won't say anything it. about Brookside about where it's based. Nothing, nothing to mm, see. What's wrong with that? About that here, nothing, nothing at all. I said I won't say anything about it, so I'm mm. not going to. You've said enough. I think I have. Yes. Sorry right. to our um, <laughs> Liverpudlian listeners. Now you see, some people <laughs> would have just been going, "Oh, I don't know where he's talking about." Now, think- Daddy. <laughs> They Google it. Come on, <laughs> Matt Sammons okay. probably sat there at home thinking, "What the hell are they talking about?" So let's go. I would, I would suggest that Matt Sammons and Ryan Eldred <laughs> right now having a little refereeing discussion, going, I "Don't know what they're talking about here. Really, don't understand this. Why can't they talk about the red card incident in the Salford yeah. game?" Good job, got not much refereeing stuff to talk about. Isn't it? <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Um, okay, the Cobblers lost two one in front of the Sky Sports cameras at Salford on Saturday. Um, First things first, what did you make of it overall? Obviously displeased with the result, I'd say. Chesie? Well, I think... You you look particularly perturbed. Well, (laughs) look, I think you have to kind of take those results for what they are because sometimes they happen. And actually, invariably with the Cobblers, it's always after a really giant loss the week before. So mm. I always, I kind of almost thought, well, yeah, we're probably going to lose against Salford, aren't we? Because that's the kind of thing the cobblers do. I do think that it's very easy to blame a bobbly pitch and a dodgy ref, but I think we need to kind of move away from that kind of attitude towards games like this because I think when you're in places like League Two, you're going to come across many a bobbly pitch and many a rubbish ref. And if you continually, is that if that's your only argument, there's only one pattern that's forming. And that pattern is in those kinds of games, you're not able to win. And then that is a bigger issue, I think. I think we just didn't really turn up for the first 45 minutes, which was frustrating. I think there was a definite problem with the formation. It didn't seem to work. Um, and I think that Salford effectively done a job on us, which was fair enough I know you can shout all day long about oh this goal should have stood this this ref should have had this foul but actually if you do that then you have to also say well hang on a minute we had such and such amount of chances and you never put the ball in the net well you know your own worst enemy yeah I'd I'd agree with that as much as the, the pitch was terrible there's no getting away from it the pitch was awful the referee wasn't any better, <laughs> but neither were we in the first half. That, that, we were that's t- the, awful. Yeah, that's the crux of it, isn't it? At the end of the day, we can turn around. And we can probably blame the referee and the pitch, you know, as much as we want. And believe me, we will do. Um, but that first half display just was so unlike us. I know John Brady said that in his post match interview Danny and I know you didn't watch the whole game because you were busy with work but I mean I I take it on the extended highlights there was nothing in the first half in terms of a cobbler's attack for you to oh it's a goal (laughs) even that really was (laughs) there's one thing but yeah yeah not not much not much else went on though and I was following on on a whatsapp with you lot were whatsapping all the time what was going on and I was pretty glad to have missed it if I'm honest I was like driving around picking up Christmas trees 
uh, from around Bristol and just getting these messages every couple of minutes going, crap, rubbish, not turned up. Uh, what else was there? Uh, diabolical, I think was mentioned. Um, seemed to get a better second half, but we just we just didn't, didn't seem to get older the pitch in the first half. And it's, we, we've got a certain way of playing where that type of pitch and that kind of game is going to affect us. And we've got to try and find a way to to cope with it because like Jeffrey said we're going to come up against that especially in the second half of the season because we're we're a big target to be hit now and yeah it's a difficult one but Aaron McGowan after the game was saying that it's the worst pitch he's ever played on one <laughs> so there's bobbly pitches but he said actually once you want once you're playing on it it was the literally the worst pitch he's ever played on so there was a was, there was a, I was watching the FA Cup on Sunday afternoon on the I think it was on ITV actually and they showed um a game from I think it was a Leeds game. I think it was the Cardiff, the Cardiff yeah. Leeds game. And before the game kicked mm. off, they'd obviously been focusing a lot on Cardiff. And then they they showed an old game. I don't know what it was, but it was from you know the I'd say early seventies. It was black and white, and the pitch looked dreadful. Salford's was worse. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just thinking, "Oh my goodness, that is." atrocious that a pitch in this day and age is worse than a pitch back in the 70s for FA Cup third round weekend this is for all their investment the pitch is clearly not seen an ounce of money Um, but one thing that I did notice that I thought was quite interesting you mentioned before Chesie about um, you know we'll, we'll get into sort of looking at runs if you like we can't keep looking at it that way uh, with the pitch and the referee. One run that is quite interesting for me um, is that our away form has gone as such. one three, drawn two, then we have a defeat. Not necessarily in that order, by the way, but we win three games and draw two, and then we have a loss. And that's happened twice now. So we've only lost twice away from home this season. We've won six and drawn four of them. It isn't all doom and gloom. But it can feel like it a little bit when you go in and put a display like that. Yeah, I, as I said at the beginning, I think we can't really be too disheartened by the fact that we've come away with that result. It, it's almost inevitable that you're going to pick up results like that. It just happens. That's football. I think that we need to look at the wider issue. And effectively... We can't sit here and say we don't score because we've got the highest scoring record in the league. But if you look at chances on the day, we had four shots. Uh, sorry, we had four shots on target, 12, 12 shots in total. And, we and that's always one. debatable. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. we scored one of which, let's argue, wasn't really supposed to be a goal. Um, and so if if you take that into consideration... I think we what we need to improve on massively, and I think it's going to be the difference between going up and not going up, automatically anyway, hopefully, is the fact that we need to be clinical for the ratio of shots to goals. Yes, we can scream from the rooftops that we've scored the most goals in the league. But scored the most goals are, in the league, Jeffy. <laughs> but, very funny, Danny. But not quite on my rooftop. We have to address how clinical we are because it it's it's a bugbear and. The away form's been brilliant and we've had some really good away games and our form generally 
away from home has come with some decent performances as well and then other battling performances when we've needed it I think it was more of an anomaly this weekend but I think the ratio of chances to goals has got to be addressed because it is infuriating as well and it's almost like they stop in the 18 yard box they just can't move they just stop and they don't know what to do and we've got to try and get somebody who can just poach goals from nowhere and and that would help in January I think or in this month I think because otherwise we're going to start to create a bit of a habit and sometimes habits can form very very quickly yeah they they definitely can and and you are right I don't think I don't, it's not I, a disaster I don't I, by the way it's not a disaster we're, we're scoring for fun but mm. we're just not scoring enough for the chances right yeah, I'd say so. I, I very quickly just had a look to see what the and I, I know I'm not the biggest fan of uh, this particular stat, but but just because it's it seems like it fits in with what you were saying, Jeffy. The XG table for League Two. Okay, um, we're actually eighth now. Considering we're the top goal scorers in the league, we've got an XG which again you can. See it in all different manners. I I don't particularly love XG because mainly because I don't really understand it, and because penalties can just massively bump it up, and there's there's lots of stuff with it that I'm not 100 percent behind. But a lot of things, including match of the day, use it. So we're eighth with 1.44. Um, Stevenage, who are second, are the top top of the tree for XG 1.84. Um, I think that kind of goes with what you're you're saying, Chesie, is yeah, that if it, we were more does, clinical, yeah. then we would be better. Having said that, Leighton Orient, who are of course our top, are only one point above uh, one place above us in that XG table in seventh. So maybe yes, I see exactly what you're saying, but I think maybe all we've kind of proved so far is that is that saying that we're just doing better than we should be in terms of our strike rate? Or is that saying that we're not actually getting our attackers to create enough chances? I think there's two ways of looking at it. I think there is. And I think what you've said is absolutely valid and the stats are there. My way of looking at it is I look what I can see in the stadium. And I can look what I see, and generally I can look what I see in the stadium for the first twenty minutes of a game. For the first twenty minutes of the game, we can absolutely be slaughtering teams, and we don't score in that twenty minutes when we've had four shots and none of them have gone in, and they'll go up the other end and score a goal, and that's it. They win one nil, or we lose two one, and it's things like that that are the absolute defining key moments of the season. And let's take it back to last year. One goal did it. Hmm. Ultimately. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because this time last week or, or on last week's pod, we were talking much more positively about this exact, you know, same conversation, essentially. We were talking about how we are the top goal scorers in the league. We've we've rectified, it seems, the mistakes from last year, i.e. not scoring enough. Chesie, you pointed out the fact that our defence has been weakened um, and I felt that the balance has maybe come you know, and swung it that way. If you go with a good old swingometer, Danny, which I'm sure you'll approve of, um, <laughs> then it's a very, very difficult thing to balance having either a very, very solid defense and to then have 
a really potent attack. Though that's the holy grail, right? But to actually get there is incredibly difficult. So you have to kind of allow for the defense to have, you know, unsolidified a little bit in order to therefore become more potent in our attack. And I think just on this game in particular, the fact that Sam Hoskins, first of all, Sam Hoskins scores that goal. He's got no real right to score that goal because obviously Cairns should save it. He will be hating himself for having let that in. On his debut, Mm. yeah, he has had a nightmare there. But then makes a really good save from Hoskins five minutes later. It's not long later, and it's more or less from the same place. Hoskins, I think, actually hits that second effort better than he does the first. And Cairns makes a good save. I think that shows that Sam is in form and that he's that, you know, because I don't think that Sam Hoskins scores that goal two or three years ago. I just don't think it goes in. I think the keeper makes the save easy. And to be fair, 99 times out of 100, Cairns would have saved it. Um, It got us back into the game. But then yet again, we have, well, for both goals, we've let ourselves down terribly. The first goal from the corner, I mean, it's Guthrie who heads it against the post, right? Mm -hmm. And then it comes out rebounds off the post and goes straight to their player for them to, is it Galbraith that that scores the goal? And I mean, he taps it in, doesn't he? Essentially it's a, it's an easy one for him to put in. I question where the marking is in that situation because it's a second ball situation. And, we weren't first to any of them in that first half, I don't think. And that was a real worry. So for me, slightly off piste, but I'll mention it. We were sat at home watching on Sky Sports. My mum, who is renowned for her football knowledge, not, <laughs> was sat on the sofa and she went, that player there that scored, he was well on his own. And I was like, if you're saying that and you are <laughs> a woman that has never taken any notice of football at all and you can see that, it's glaringly obvious, right? Yeah. 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 It, it wasn't good enough. And then to go from that to then the second goal, and I think, Danny, I, d- I don't know whether it's the same for you, but the second goal annoys me more because we lose the ball on the halfway line. I think it's a fairly soft way that we give that ball away. Ryan Watson makes the tackle. And he's then allowed to basically waltz through Pulse to our, <laughs> it's just so annoying. It Pretty was... much goes from the halfway line to the penalty area, unchallenged, no pressure on him whatsoever. It's almost like we just kind of went, right, we'll let him come to the penalty area, but at that point we'll then look to sort of stop him. But by then it's too late because he's got a nice easy pass to his left and then McElhenney just slides it into the back of the net. I, I, I think Burge is possibly... A little bit at fault. I wonder whether the injury. You could see this. Chesie is looking at me as if to say, no, definitely not. But I wonder whether Burge doesn't get down to save it because there's an issue and that's why he comes off at half time. Well, if the midfield and defence had done their job, then he wouldn't have been in that place in the first place, would he? Well, absolutely. Completely <laughs> agree with you there as well. Don't get me is wrong. It? But I, I don't think anybody in in that passage of play 
can turn around and hold their head up high at all. Uh-huh. None of them. This is where Mitsubishi was, isn't it? Yeah. As well, like storming back together. Leonard's not that type of player to go and charge down. You'd say Fox potentially is, but he's got an eye on going forward all the time as well. Um, and we need to address that as well, I think, a little bit. With we, There's been a lot going around about us being really stacked in the middle of the pitch, but actually for one injury, again, it's fallen apart in there. So we probably do need to address it a little bit as well, still in January, to to get over the line because it's, it's frustrating when we go on a little run and then get one injury or two injuries and it's it just affects the rhythm of it. They're good players that are coming in, like we said before, they're good players coming off the bench and stuff, but actually are they, are they the similar type of players to play that position to slot into that system quickly? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's, we have to change the way that we play, don't we, as soon as you bring another man in. Yeah, exactly, it just disrupts everything. So. Yeah. I, think, I just think so generally we looked, we looked slow, whether it was a pitch or whatever, we just looked really slow and not... And the whole game just felt a little bit like pedestrian. The Salford fans didn't seem into it at all. I don't know if it, how it There's came across the sky. There's not many of them to do that, is there? Let's be but honest. But <laughs> it, it felt really weird, like the atmosphere in general. It just felt like a like they weren't that massively happy about scoring goals. And when it, when it was a little cheer and it just didn't seem... And we, we're one to talk for home atmosphere, but <laughs> but it just didn't feel like like they were celebrating that much and stuff. It just it felt odd. I wonder if the half twelve kickoff, you know, has an effect on that on the basis of nobody's really been in the pub beforehand, and therefore nobody's maybe lost their inhibitions slightly to make <laughs> them feel like they can just shout and and, and sing without the. You know the fear of being judged potentially. Um, I know not everybody that attends the football will drink. I get that, but I often wonder whether earlier kickoffs do tend to mean a little bit of a more yeah, relaxed maybe. atmosphere. Yeah, I think. Potentially. I think that the, um, this is not a, a, a slight on Salford themselves uh, necessarily, but this is more to do with the fact that I think. As a, a football fan and as someone that's followed football for a really long time, I find the unsustainable way in which we are almost creating football clubs at the moment is kind of adding to what you're saying, Charles. And it isn't Salford themselves. It's not at all. And this isn't, you know, Salford are terrible. We all know that we can giggle about Salford and we can giggle about Forest Green and those kinds of clubs. And it's not about that. It's not about making it personal towards a particular club. But I think the idea of funneling money into a place where we already have a lot of football clubs with a huge amount of history, I think then brings up another avenue where actually there isn't that big enough fan base and there isn't that big enough history behind the club to enable that real atmosphere to happen because don't forget um you know places like mk dons as well this this comes into it there isn't that long illustrious history where almost the understanding isn't there so you know the whole when we giggle about the plastic chair gate for us that was massive and and that just made us all laugh and there was nothing really in that but it it was just pure and I think that there's a lack of understanding there and that this isn't on Salford themselves this is just the fact that I don't think this way of funneling in money to places I think this is what is happening we've got less of an opportunity to come up against those clubs where there's history where there's 
games that have happened in the past where you've almost got gripes with each other that makes that atmosphere. And I'm not for one minute saying we need to be hooligans because we don't, mm -hmm. but we also need that passion. We also need to be able to, like, you know, I hate Bristol Rovers passionately, but I love it when we play them because it's carnage. Mm. And we know full well that when we play Bristol Rovers, you know, next year, inevitably, um, that um, one way or other, by the way, because they'll either be relegated or will be promoted. So just side note. Um, <laughs> but when we play them, they will be absolutely slaughtering us and rightly so because they've got that part of history. 10, 15 years time, down the line there'll be something else that happens between us there isn't that and we're really treading on a tightrope at the moment in football where we're we're taking away this pure atmosphere by funneling money and we need to look at a different way and i because i don't think it's the way i think i, th I mean I, I do i get where you say what you're saying completely and utterly i think it's a massive conversation it is yeah exactly it's a huge conversation and the one thing that I would say is that it it feels very much like you come from it from the traditional side of things, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. These clubs like Salford, like Forest Green, um, Crawley, Fleetwood before them, um, essentially all disruptors. You know, that that's the thing is that they've looked at, you know, the people that are owning those clubs have looked at the football league and the teams that are in it, the clubs that are already there and existing and established and just gone, well, we, we're going to be there and we're going to disrupt this tradition by getting our very small club, build it up and, and get it in there. And that's, that's what's happened. And, and this is the end result of, of some of those being, you know, a success in, in that way, shape or form. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go back to this game, though. Um, we've got to talk about it. The referee and the decisions that were made. Uh, it's so annoying for me because, it, it, you know, the question is how many times are you going to talk about, you know, how bad referees are? Because it does feel like it happens far too much. We had a really good one, it felt although Leighton Orient wouldn't agree, I'm sure, any fans of Orient. But we had a really good one against Orient, really strong referee who made... Sorry? I think, looking back at it, some good decisions for I'm both telling teams. you now, being in that stadium, no. Well, you were there. I'm, it's I'm, different. I'm I watched not, it back. I'm not having that, referee. Charles, and I'm going to really battle this. I'm not having that. He right? was better I don't, than Salford. I don't care about... And we're talking about, about the Salford game. I don't care about the And it's the Salford referee decisions. 
Hang on a minute. I haven't finished. I don't care about the decisions he made. He had no control of the 22 players on that pitch. And that is a dangerous tightrope to walk. And the same thing happened with Salford. But I'm not having you say that that referee was good because he could have lost control of that game at any minute. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that then because I don't don't agree with that at all. But Salford... I mean, the first one is the is the uh, the potential ankle breaker, isn't it? In terms of, wasn't he um, just like goal first? Or maybe you might be more right than me. It wouldn't be the first time that's happened either. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, well, let's talk about the the offside goal first. Um, thoughts on it, Danny? Yeah, it's it's borderline. It's annoying because I don't think it's offside. If you get VAR, then I don't think it's offside. You might have been able to see a hand, maybe. That is a little bit... A but, hand can't be offside, but, though, can it? Because it can't play the ball. Is that right? Is that the rules? There you go, then. Yeah. It's, it's onside, clearly. But the, the thing is, it's it's so borderline that you usually see these given advantage to the attacker, right? I think that's mm-hmm. the rule. You're supposed to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. It, it, it's... It's not like there's nothing there to suggest that he's that there's any space between him and the defender. He's, he's clearly onside. Decent finish, gotta say. Good, good to know he can pull it out when he needs to. Um, it's just frustrating. But, um, wait, I, think, wait, wait, I think the way we were playing at that point as well, we could have easily gone on and got something more from it potentially. Um, I think the Lino's put his flag up as he's received it's the ball. Too early, he's yeah. Played the ball, way yeah. too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when's he meant to wave his flag and put his flag up? Yeah, World Cup 2014. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good, Danny. I like that. You can have some Jeffy Stelling points yes, for that. That come was on, very I'm, good. I've had for a while. Um, it was 2010 World Cup, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> but I, I feel like he, it was, it was reactional, like Jeffy said. It was a really like, oh, that's offside without thinking about it for a second I feel like he needed to give himself a couple of seconds to think about it but if he thinks he's offside uh, then what's he got to think about like I I, I know I, I appreciate that there are people here going to be shouting at me going what on earth are you defending him for but it mm. was tight yeah, yeah and, it was it and wasn't I'm obvious. less annoyed about it this decision obvious. than the than the foul the one. that wasn't given on Epia yeah. because I, I can understand why in the split second that it happens that the linesman thinks he's offside mm. It was the and, challenge first, by the way, Charles. Just so you okay, <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that we've established that for once I am correct. correct yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with the offside, I, I'm, I've always thought that the offside flag should go up when the player touches the ball. So not My when it's played, but when it's, that... when it's received. My understanding, and it, I think this is this actually has got something to do with the introduction of VAR, and I don't know whether it is for those officials that are officiating with VAR, is that they wait for the goal to be scored as such so that they can be corrected. But I with, think you can't do that in our league. No, though, I don't think you, you can so. either. But is there ambiguity in that then? Do we do we not have a clear again another not clear <laughs> offside rule? Mm. Whatever next. I don't know. I, th- I think this one is is tight enough to be. You know, it's one of them things. I can't get too annoyed at it. I don't think because it is right on the margin of it, and it's one of those split second decisions that you can you can be like Charles said the previous 
incident with the <laughs> with the picture of red card annoys me a lot more because that's clear yeah. and, and obvious. But this one, it, you, you can think it's you know heat at the moment that kind of thing. It, it can easily go either way. I mean, it, it, this foul when I when I saw it and I was watching on a very small screen, I I, I saw it and immediately was like, I think that's a red card. Yeah, and then. For the referee to just play on as if it hadn't even happened and leave Epia down on the floor. And I mean, we all know the context surrounding Josh Epia and how basically his his he just shatters at the merest touch. I, I was amazed that he got up and he carried on afterwards. But it I I I was dismayed more than anything that the referee hadn't deemed it to be a foul because it was pretty clear that the player goes over the top of the ball and catches Epia. And then when you saw the replay to see how badly he actually goes on to Epia's, it's it's like just under his shin, isn't it? It's mm. awful. And yeah. I can't believe the referee, who is right there, hasn't seen it. I think it's one of those that we'll never really know the answer to. But what I will be very interested. I know the answer to what I'm about to say, but I'll say it anyway. I'll be very interested to see whether there's any uh, retrospective action because it's there live on Sky Sports with so many more replays than what we would normally have available to us. There has got to be somebody there within the FA, within the refereeing departments that we have. They have got enough evidence to suggest that there needs to be some kind of a recussion. We know there won't be. And let's face it, we all know the reasons why, because that's the game, unfortunately, that we are, we are within it these days. But you have to question why it wasn't given. Now, we all know these referees are human and they are under huge amounts of pressure. But you, I don't think this is one of those where, like, you know, we see and we say, oh, we talk about referees all the time. And we do. And it must drive everybody mad, generally, that is a football fan. But I do think this is one of those where it does need to be looked at. This is not kind of uh, just a football fan that who's begrudgingly annoyed. Like, for example, God love them, the Lake and Orient fans were like, oh, it was offside, blah, 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 whatever it was. This isn't like this. This could be potentially a career-ending injury for a player. And that's the big difference. You know, this isn't an offside uh, decision that could be the difference between going up and not. This is somebody's career that potentially could have been ended. And that that's a difference because they're human beings as are referees, but these players are human beings with a livelihood. And, you know, we've, we've seen horror injuries like Alex Nichols is years ago where malice, and I'm not saying it was malicious, but where malice takes place. And, you know, we need to be looking at players that are making these really terrible tackles and looking at it and actually acting on it because we cannot afford for any player, I don't care whether it's a Northampton Town player or whether it's a Salford City player, nobody deserves to be on the end of that kind of challenge with a potential career ender. Absolutely. Well said. I will say, if that had been the other way around and it had been a Salford player, that's a free kick and a red card. It gets given. You're absolutely right. It gets absolutely given. Right. We all know it. It would yeah. get given. And yeah. yeah, it's not good. And also, I do think as well, Charles, there's three of us here who... <laughs> are biased beyond belief, right? As football fans, because that's what we are. All three of us, if it's the other way around, would absolutely be saying, that's the right result. Mm -hmm. You know, they should go. That's a really bad tackle because that's what you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just before we move on, um, Danny, you wanted to talk about how much we missed um, Jean-Pierre Papin, as uh, Neil would coin him, Louis Alperin. <laughs> it's a question to you more than anything. I haven't seen the, the whole game. Um, as in, we, we, we've all had a, like, a look at what he brings to it and, and thinking, oh, we need to bring a striker in in January and stuff. But I've been very much on the on the Jean-Pierre fan club. Um and it was. In, I just thought it was interesting to have a game without him, and thinking, you know, where where were we without him? Like, what was the what was the difference? Did we miss his tenacity up front? Did we miss his energy? And sort of, would you? Because he came on late, right? Did he come on late on? Yeah, ten minutes to go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it was quite a big miss for, in the, from the full game perspective. I, I I thought so. Yeah, I thought that we did miss. Uh, Especially in that first half where we just, it seemed the whole team, every player lacked energy, lacked enthusiasm. Mm. We weren't ourselves. I think, I, w- I wonder how much Apare, because that seems to be his natural game for us, isn't it? Is he does a lot of chasing. Um, I wonder how much of that just rubs off on the rest of the players at times. Yeah, it sets the tone, and, yeah. Yeah, sets the tone. And, and because that tone wasn't there, is that what, I'm not saying that that's the cause of it, but you know, does that not help the situation? Maybe. I think it's very much a case with with Louis Apare that you don't really realise what you've got till it's gone. Yep. Because that's two games now where we've not had him because he didn't start against Leighton Orient either. Um, and okay, we came out and we won that game, but <sighs> it's the harassing of the defenders, though, isn't it? As well, it's the like yeah. not letting them get forward, not letting them leave the the back four, the back two. Not letting them get get the ball away. I mean, it seems like from what I've seen of it, they've just passed it around too easily, and he just stops that. Even if it's him being there and his his physical self just hanging around them, not necessarily getting the ball, it still makes them panic and puts the ball out for throw-ins and things like that. Then it is, yeah, and yeah. Hopefully, it's back next week. It's, I it's, so. it's going to be another tough old game next week. Yeah, it, it really is. Stockport next up, of course, away again. Um, Big game that really Stockport are on the up. Okay, they've uh, they've not done uh, very well in the FA Cup, have they? Um, no, I think they lost late on today, didn't they? Yeah, so lost to Walsall, but um, yeah, that's they've had, a, they've had a good little run up until I think they lost last week, but they had about three wins in a row, I think, before that. So they were, and um, it's just never an easy place to go, is it? Stockport is. To no, it's sort of, not. It's tight as you, you know what you're going to get. You know we're in for a fight, so we really need pit players like Louis back for next week. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm hopeful that we will either have someone new in, or we'll have Ooh. a couple of people back. I don't know anything. I'm just Rumor. hopeful that Rumor we will have somebody in. Mm. Um, I. I think. I think the. It's almost like a bit of a conundrum because I think Charles, you're right. I think somebody might well come in but I do think this issue is formation and player based because I think if you put Sean McWilliams in that midfield Epia has a better game and we miss Jean-Pierre less if you don't have McWilliams and the midfield is slightly less aggressive then Epia has a more difficult game and that's where Jean-Pierre's more uh, like uh, sorry more able and more has more of an impact I think it's a real 
headache for Brady because I think it's, it's dependent on the midfield because the midfield is generally quite strong. But without key players, we tend to revert a little bit back to type. That's where Jean-Pierre's work comes in really well. He runs mm. onto the end of things and will create something. He doesn't finish particularly clinically, but that's often not necessarily a bad thing because there's other round, others around him that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So stop ball next week then. Uh, we'll have a preview show out on Thursday uh, for that game. Make sure that you tune in then. Um, okay. Let's go and hear some thoughts in the post bag, shall we? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to read your letters out But things have changed, so listen out If you want to write about Northampton Town You'll need to write this next bit down Just have a rant, or just some fun At podcast at cobblers2me.com No matter if we lose or win Send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. Postbag time, yes. And first of all, um, I'd like to say, uh, well, there's a couple of things I'd like to say, actually. Um, First off is a big hello um, to Peter French. Peter got in contact. Hello, Peter. Peter Peter got in contact um, with us uh, via email, podcast at cobblestome.com last week. After we, uh, after our last episode, um, lovely email. Um, Peter is not very well at the moment, and um, he just got in touch to say um, how much he'd enjoyed listening to the podcast last week uh, during his treatment. So, just wanted to say hello, Peter, and, and I hope you get well soon. Um, I appreciate it can be quite a tough time at the moment, so I hope everything gets sorted as soon as it possibly can. All our love to you and your family. Um, and the other thing to say is congratulations to another listener, Adam Sales, who welcomed his son Callum into the world over Christmas. Um, always a good, a good thing to happen. Another little cobbler in the world. Um, it's delightful when that happens. So congratulations, Adam and family, uh, and welcome to um, the pain and suffering of being a Cobblers fan. <laughs> I thought you were going to say parenting for me. <laughs> oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I wouldn't go that I, was far. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny, you're in charge of the post bag this week. What have we got? Hi. You are. Am I on loan to the post bag? You are. Um, yes, a couple of things in. Chris Freeman has been in touch, says, Dear Hi, Neil, Chris. 
Are you yeah. sure it's Chris Freeman or is it Sam Saunders as, as Sky captioned him <laughs> on the photo that he sent us? <laughs> Donald Beckett has been in touch. Lovely. To say, <laughs> to say, Dear Neil, much has been made of our need to re- recruit a striker in the January's transfer window. Uh, given that we only have six clean sheets from 25 games, do we need further defensive reinforcements? And if so, which position slash positions? Ooh. That's a stat. Six clean sheets. It's not a lot, is it? It's, it's not. more than that. It's not after... Uh... You kind of associate Virginald with um, the clean sheets, don't you? But, uh... Yeah, but also, can we take a moment that, that um, without him as well, it would be crazy because mm. I can think of four games where he's by far and away the only reason why we've come away with a win slash draw. Yeah, he made. He, he seemed to be making one match-winning save every game at the start yeah, for the of the first season, 10. didn't he? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's an issue in itself, right? As well, if he's making all these saves to keep keep us in points, there is something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Sharing's dropped off a little bit recently. I don't know yeah, what it me is. Too. I'm not sure why, but because he he was solid before and it didn't have any issues with him. But I'm not sure what it is recently, but. Could that be down to his uh, his age? Perhaps he's he's still quite Possibly. young, learning his trade, and and quite often, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to have, and, and I'm sure the plan wasn't necessarily to have sharing playing every single game this season. That will be the uh, the sort of question, mm. I suppose, with it. Tyler McGlaw obviously came in; he's injured again now, but he he got injured earlier on in the season. Maybe the idea had been to actually have, you know, the pair of them sort of sharing that either that additional next to Guthrie position or playing as part of a three. Um, that may well have been something that was, uh, you know, that had to be changed due to the injuries. I wonder how much that plays into it. I mean, it's an interesting question from Chris because obviously we, as he said, we have been looking more at the other end, haven't we? But maybe actually we have been sort of looking at and bemoaning the wrong area of the pitch and maybe we should be looking more at being more solid defensively so that therefore we can we can be more confident that we can score goals. Quite clearly, we've got the top goal scorer in the entire EFL in Sam Hoskins and uh, we we do score goals with the top goal scorers in League Two as a team. So maybe it is a case of shoring up the defence that is more of a thing. I'm here's a question for you, Danny. Mm-hmm. You said you're not too keen on, or, or you know, you think that Sam Sharing's dropped off a little bit. Aaron McGowan, I think he's not quite the player he was. After his injury, no, and I don't think he was ever going to be, was he? I think after that, you, players come back from that. You can't be what you were before. I don't think one hundred percent, which is difficult with him because he's good. He's got a good, he's a good player. He's got a good ball into the box as well, which is something we lose when he's not there. His crosses are great. Um, I just think pace wise, that side of it is is not that strong on pace, um, but. I don't know what the answer is, really. It depends how long Tyler's out for as well. Because I would have liked to see McGlaw get a little bit of a run in the team as well, give Sharing a rest. Um, but then again, do we bring in another one just for just for that? Does that unbalance it a little bit again? As, again, does that, It feels like John Guthrie is basically the teacher of the back four. <laughs> and he's just got <laughs> getting new students to work with all the time. Um, mm. And it's hard to kind of make that partnership if you bring someone in on loan for a little bit or whatever. It's, it's, it's a difficult one, but... 
it, like I said earlier, it's, it's about finding the balance between that attack and, and the defence. Because we all want to see us go and score goals, don't we? We want to see us play attacking football, which I think we've done for the most part. But, um, maybe, we need, maybe we need a J-Bo just in front of the defence to stop the ball from getting <laughs> them in the first place. Yeah. A bru- bruiser in front of the back four. I wonder yeah. whether it also has something to do with the fact that we haven't been able to be consistent. McGowan, McGowan was out, then McGlaw came in, then... McGowan came back in and McGlaw came back out and it's been a bit of a merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah. We've had injuries and and then COVID happened and then illness happened. And it just seems to have been a little bit of a continuous cycle for the defence. I actually think that if we had a run of three or four months where none of them were injured and none of them were ill, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. I also think we need to start utilising Daesh a bit more. Yeah, I'd like to see how he how he fared. I, I this is the thing is that like we're sharing, he's young. So do you run the risk of you know putting him in and him having a terrible couple of games and that that hurting him, you know, mentally speaking in terms of football, or do you just do what? Is, it has happened so far, which is that you utilise him as the backup. He comes in, uh, you know, he'll get a few minutes towards the end of a game, either out of position up front when we're chasing it, <laughs> or, um, you know, to come on and steady up the back four or five, as it will be when he normally comes on, he's coming to a back five. It's well, a tough call. It, it you is know. tough, but he's 20 now. And it's, you know, he's not 18. He's a, that He's got a couple more years under his belt. He's played a couple of, of decent spells. He's been chucked up front and dealt with it. You know, and I think if you're going to be a professional footballer and you're going to play at a high level, at some point there has to be that moment where you just give it a go. And if it works, it it's the kind of test as to whether you are going to make it or not, right? Oh, yeah. Well, let's look at, Let's use Ivan Tony as an example. You know, I know it's a very yeah. different situation, but that could have completely broken that boy and mm-hmm. it didn't. And look where he is now. So if you're going to do it and if you're going to be a professional footballer, I if, if you want to be a professional footballer and you want to sit on the bench and get paid to sit on a bench, then you don't want to be a professional footballer. If you ask Max Dyche right now what he wants to do, he'll tell you he wants to start in the first team. Because that's what he wants. That's what what all footballers want to do. He's got to, at some point, be given the opportunity and at some point take that opportunity, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Is he left-footed, Daesh? I can't remember. Good question. I wonder if that plays into it a little bit with Guthrie. Mm. They don't want two left-footers. I I can't... I I don't think we've seen enough of him to know. They have both got two feet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think sometimes managers are a little bit I love that. reluctant to play two left footers for whatever reason, aren't they? In, in the middle, especially. But, uh, I, I mean, I, 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 view sim- I view football very simply, as you well all know. Two feet. And that's, yeah, two feet. <laughs> <laughs> two feet in the head, you're in. Get yeah. in there. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, I've got another question, Charles. Oh, go on. Yeah. Uh, this is from Tim Head. Come on, Tim. Hi, Tim. Come on, Tim. Uh, he says, Dear Neil, what is the miracle cure helping to grow Hilton's hair back? Asking for a friend. Is it coming back, is it? Is it making a comeback? Yeah, he's got Have a Have you not on... noticed? Have you not noticed the difference yeah. between when he signed and now? 
I just suddenly got hair. Well, I hadn't seen him enough to. I thought it was just a slow, a slow grow. <laughs> slow grow. It may well be just a slow grow. You're right. Um, good question, Tim. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing that Wayne Rooney had. Yeah. Was it a spray on that he had? Oh, I thought it was like astroturf that he had planted <laughs> in his head. It's the equivalent, Maybe. isn't it? <laughs> Every day he has to dip his head in a sudden bucket just to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Don't know. Get in at touch. All. Get in touch, Danny. Yeah, let us know, Danny. I'm sure Pubble, that you'd uh, love podcast, to chat to us. <laughs> podcast at Yeah, absolutely. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Danny. That was a Thank lovely you. dip into the post bag. Thank it you. It was a little dip. That. Need a bit more. A little dip. Little more. dip. Enjoyed yeah. it. Um, get them in. Uh, right. Um, NTFC women were back in action, Danny. Johan. Would you like to hear how they got on from our good friend James Wiles? Always. Northampton Town women began the new year with a 3-1 win at home to League Town. Jay Bell scored a hat-trick on her league debut in the Cobblers' first league fixture in three months. The hosts were on top in a scrappy first half, and Bell opened the scoring when she tapped in stripe harder Alex Dick's goal-bound shot. League equalised less than a minute later, but Bell lobbed the keeper to restore Northampton's lead straight from the restart, and scored the game's third goal in as many minutes. Bell was denied her first-half hat-trick by a tight offside decision, but she completed her trouble late on when she converted the rebound from Dick's shot that was saved. Josh Oldfield and Liam Williams' side travel to Thrapston Town in the County Cup Quarters Finals next week. Their opponents compete in the same league as the Cobblers' development squad. There you go. Ooh. Good win. Nice. Needed win. Lovely win. It was very needed, wasn't it? I think oh. it was a bit of a, a knife edge in terms of form, wasn't it? And I think it massively helped. It's been one of those, isn't it? Because League Town with the they're the next team above us in the league table. Yeah, uh, we've got three games in hand on them, but that's closed the gap to just one point. So the Cobblers have got point. eight points in eleventh place, and Leek are one place above in tenth with nine mm. points. But as I said, uh, Leek have played eleven, while we've only played eight. So um, plenty of moving to be done in that league table. Hopefully, plenty of moving. Get us up there. Plenty of. It's a big win I as like well. It. Can I just say as well that is. Um, <laughs> a hat trick on your league debut. What a signing! Because she scored in some of the cups as well, Jay Bell as well. What what a cracking signing that is! Because I, I know we 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 had a couple of prolific goal scores leaving the summer, so to get another one in, seemingly anyway, is a, is a massive thing. That could be the difference between staying up if you're if you're in a relegation battle. Like that, you know, although the league table's a little bit off at the minute with teams playing different numbers of games, but it does look like we're going to be in a little bit of a battle this season. But it does make the difference if you've got a goal scorer. So. To take you over the over the top, over the edge, so big win. So we're not even well, halfway there in terms of our games yet. We've got a lot to catch up on second half of the season. It's I know eight games. It's uh, mm. it's incredible, really, isn't it? When you mm. look at it and 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 you see how far you know we've got to go in order to finish this league campaign. It's ridiculous. In a, be way, a lot of midweeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is going to be a lot of midweeks by the looks of it. Mm. I mean, the one thing that gives me massive hope is that um, the goal difference. We've got a positive yeah, goal difference, whereas the other five teams <clears throat> around us um, have all got a negative one, including Long Eaton, who have <clears throat> got minus 66. Oh, <laughs> Bless him. Poor Long Eaton. Poor Long Eaton. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, just judging by that and that alone, I would say that we'd be a mid-table side, really. Yeah, that's like, so people are the ones to chase. Absolutely. Three, three points ahead of us. If we can get above them, that'd be a solid season. And on the same amount of games as well. So, yeah, yeah. they are the ones get to chase, him. Danny. Go I get him. Go on. Can I say milestone to you, Charles? 
you, you can say milestone. Like the word yes. Milestone, yeah. Hundred and fiftieth appearance Ooh. for the club for Joe Daniel and for Sarah Waite. This wow. Was. Very good. That's, that's incredible. Let's go going. That's to the, to make that amount of appearances for any club at any level. Yeah. Re- worthy. Worthy of a celebratory clap. Yes, come on. There you go. In there. I enjoyed the celebration. They say the county cup next week as well. Oh, county cup, yeah. County cup. County Always cup. goals in the county cup, aren't there? Well, there is, yes. And I mean, I, I'd like <laughs> to use the county cup as a bit of a um, confidence booster. Ooh. You want you want to go in? Who who have we got, Danny? Thrapston. Thrapston. Thrapston yes. ladies, yeah. love that. Um, you'd. I, I. I want. I want double figures. Oh. No disrespect to Thrapson at all, but uh, double figures, please. Double figures. NTFC women. If we can double figure it, I reckon the confidence will be flowing. Yeah. Get them in. Get them in. Absolutely. Where's that game being played, Danny? Do you know? I do not know at this point in time. I'm putting you on the spot to find out. Is it at home at Harpole or is it away at Thrapston? That is a dun, very good dun, question. Dun. And if you fill for a minute, I might be able to find out. Okay. Um, Mitchell? <laughs> Mitchell? Um, Phil? The Phil's? Just name Let's... Phil. Name as many Phil's as you can. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Name um, that Phil. Uh, Phil. Name Phil, that Phil. Um, Phil. Name it. Phil, Phil. I can't think of any Phil Phillips. Dunphy. Phil Glenister. Philip Glenister. Who's Philip um, Glenister? Print. Isn't he like the, the life on Mars? Guy, Ashes oh, yeah. to Ashes been, guy, yeah, yeah. yeah him. Yeah. Um, Phil Dunphy. Prince Philip. Oh, God, don't, Charles, come on, don't bring, the, bring it down like that. Oh, oh, sorry. Am I not allowed to name people that are no longer here? Um, <laughs> Phil. The Power Taylor. My, yes, Phil yeah. Taylor, yes. Uh, it's at Thrapston, Charles. It's at oh, thank Thrapston. you. Thank you, Danny. Took your time there. Yeah. Well done. I was just hoping for... I had found it a while ago. I just wanted you to name more Phil's. Oh, great. And you saw it's I was struggling and floundering. Yeah, yeah. You left me to flounder over Phil's. Thank yeah, you flounder much. over Phil's. <laughs> uh, so, Thrapston. Phil Jagielka. Oh, of course. How could I forget such Phil talent? Spencer. Phil Taylor. Phil Taylor. Um, we've ha- yeah, we've had him. Phil Neville. Um Oh, of course. Now we're now we're now we're filling. Bizarre. <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed it too. That's the end of our podcast for this week. Uh, as I said earlier, the uh, preview show will be out later in the week. We'll be looking ahead to Stockport with a Stockport fan. Um, yes. Once Danny gets back to work and finds one, um, I'm sure there's plenty to go around. Um, <laughs> We'll be back on Thursday with that. If you'd like more from us, and why wouldn't you? It's amazing listening to us. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me and sign up to hear uh, our bonus podcast, which we're about to record, Danny. It's called The Basement Towers, where we Tis. round up all the latest League Two action. And we might this week even be having a little look at the old FA Cup. Are we? I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing. I'm guessing. And if we're not, then tune in for none of that. Um, Lovely stuff. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Chesie. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Lovely. And Sundays, hopefully, usually. uh, Eight (laughs) o'clock. That's when we record. Be here next time. That'll be lovely. Uh, Thanks for listening. Goodbye. 
the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.